Good afternoon and welcome to the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Candace Dirksen. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Andrew Dixon, the general manager for Manitoba Pork, discussing the impact of COVID-19 on the industry. And Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell stops by with his thoughts on a few recent ag headlines. The latest farm news and market numbers also coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Andrew Dixon is the general manager of Manitoba Pork, and he talks about the impact of COVID-19 on the pork industry. Price of the workforce is the key thing. I mean, it's not a disease of pigs or we're not, we don't have any sick pigs or anything. Um, the issue here is how to manage the workforce uh, and cope with all the uh, um, potential for uh, absenteeism, dealing with people who might get sick, uh, this, um, having the, the appropriate distances in the workplace and that sort of thing. And, and the other thing is a number of businesses have... Um, altered their business structure and how they deal with people and so on. So there's a lot of um, reorganization of the labor force, in a sense, within the various companies and businesses and farms as to how they're going to uh, deal with the uh, recommendations coming from the uh, provincial public health uh, doctor. So um, we're, I mean, pigs are still flowing from the farms. They're still flowing to the plants. The plants are still shipping product to uh, the domestic and export markets. Um, there are ongoing issues in terms of like the recovery process that's going on in China in terms of exports and the impact it's having on containers. There's, um, you know, the, uh, the the usual issues of, um, uh, you know, like how to deal with uh, uh, changing price structures and so on. It's going on for there's the, because of the impact of the, uh, the slowing of the economy, it's having um, some pressure on forward prices going into the winter period. But right now, cash prices are reasonable. And uh, so the markets are still flowing. So there's a lot of planning going on at this moment in time uh, and how to uh, keep the workforce going in with all the restrictions that are coming down uh, in terms of people isolating themselves in the business world and in the social world as well. It affects people in terms of their families and how they do uh, um, like family events and that sort of thing that they've normally have done. What about the, uh, the temporary foreign worker program? How important uh, was it to keep, keep those workers coming in? You know, it, I mean, our sector has always relied on um, foreign workers and uh, uh, you know, we've been able to make the various programs work, and uh, we're very pleased that the federal government is trying to uh, uh, ensure that we have a, you know, a supply of workers that can uh, come in and uh, do the uh, do the work. Uh, the restriction. I mean, we fully appreciate the need for restrictions. People have to safe isolate uh, themselves for two weeks, and uh, we understand that. And arrangements are made to do that. Uh, it, it even gets down to little things like how do you pick them up from the airport and you know bring them out to the farm or how do you bring them to the uh, to the time where the plant is and so on. So there's a whole pile of little details that all have to be worked out. Um, it's also affecting people's. 
plans. They get a certain part of the workforce that planned and maybe going back uh, to the home country to go visit relatives and so on. Well, all those plans have to be uh, put on hold. And uh, so there's issues about uh, we're in a plant, for example, where a husband and wife might both be working. I mean, how do they look after daycare and, and how do they deal with the children uh, not going to school and being at home and so on? But uh, it, everybody seems to be able to work be able to work things out so far, anyway. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Time now for a look at your farm news for today. Officials with Manitoba Pork have been busy dealing with the fallout from COVID-19. Here's General Manager Andrew Dixon. The issue here is how to manage the workforce and cope with all the uh, potential for absenteeism, dealing with people who might get sick, uh, having the, the appropriate distances in the workplace and that sort of thing. And, and the other thing is a number of businesses have um, altered their business structure and how they deal with people and so on. So there's a lot of um, reorganization of the labor force. Dixon says keeping foreign workers coming to Canada is extremely important to the pork sector. The Canadian Food Grains Bank is keeping very close watch on the COVID-19 situation as the virus could impact the organization's operations in two ways. Executive Director Jim Cornelius says there's the potential to impact the capacity for their partners on the ground to implement programs. Some countries already where we're operating are really closing things down, which is going to make it extremely difficult for staff on the ground to continue to implement programs on the ground. So we're still just starting to get the um, early information back as to what those impacts might be. And, um, and I said that will vary country to country, location to location. Secondly, if widespread infection rates begin to be seen in the communities in which they operate, Cornelius says the Food Grains Bank will need to examine whether or not changes need to be made to the program. And the Manitoba Trucking Association is asking businesses that if they're open during the COVID-19 pandemic to keep the washrooms and other facilities accessible for truckers. Executive Director Terry Shaw says all reports say the most important way to prevent spreading germs and getting sick is to wash your hands with soap and water. Shaw says for drivers to be denied that especially when so much pressure is being placed on them to keep Manitoba's essential commodities moving, is grossly unfair. That was a look at your farm news for today. I'm Candace Dirksen. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Ag Wire for Monday, March 30th. I'm Candace Dirksen. Coming up today, we'll hear from Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell, as well as Glenda Lee Allen Vossler talks with President and CEO of the Canadian Canola Growers Association, Rick White. Farm broadcaster Corey Knute spoke with Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell, who offered his thoughts on a variety of issues, starting with the province's planned PST reduction and Manitoba Green Plan deferral due to COVID-19. In light of circumstances that have uh, prevailed here since the government had their budget planned and announced that uh, uh, we understand uh, what needs to be done in this province, uh, 
I think, uh, you know, he had mentioned that it will be delayed. Uh, so it's still part of the Manitoba government's plan to uh, bring forward these these two initiatives anyway. Uh, I think, you know, looking forward that agriculture would like to see some form of clarity between the provincial and federal government with regards to the carbon tax slash green levy uh, when we get into our harvest season, uh, where that will be, uh, because we realize that next week there will be a 50% increase in the carbon tax unless the federal government deals with that relatively shortly. So, wanted to get your thoughts as well on uh, the um, federal uh, relief package here, some uh, extra capacity for FCC and, and uh, loan deferrals for advance payments program. Um, you know, your thoughts on that announcement? Well, it's, um, it's uh, quite a, a detailed announcement, but I think it needs to be realized that there may be some beneficial parts to that announcement, but Um, From our research, it kind of indicates that this is just an extension of credit. Um, When dealing with farm credit, I've had conversation with them, and that uh, it will allow uh, some forms of uh, bridge financing and uh, the ability to maybe make some operations operational again for this year. Uh, But it still is a interest-bearing credit credit. program and so how beneficial it will be to the agriculture sector um, I guess remains to be seen but I think most people in the farming industry realize that that this is just another loan and I'm not sure that that's what we need at this particular time. Now um, we're going to see some warmer temperatures here over the next uh, next week or so anyway um, you know your thoughts on on I guess spring seeding right around the corner here. Well, I guess uh, that we had finally come to a state of uh, where the snow covered up all of our mishaps from the harvest uh, from 2019. And I guess uh, probably a lot of farmers had got into a comfortable state. But as the snow disappears, we start to see um, that harvest uh, of 2019 and all the water in the ruts and the fields that need to be dealt with. And uh, so there's, you know, some plans going to have to come to reality and how we deal with this um you know with the seedbed preparation and our final stages of uh crop rotation planning and our inputs in place and some of that so um you know i guess essentially the the rubber's going to hit the road here pretty soon and we're going to have to make some some movements and uh but we've got some challenges ahead of us with regards to you know getting that proper seedbed um that that is required for maximum production. And last week, the federal government announced a stay of default for the 2018 Advance Payments Program, giving farmers with cash advances a six-month extension on repayments. Glenda Lee Allen Vossler talks with Rick White, President and CEO of the Canadian Canola Growers Association, one of the program administrators. The original 2018 uh, cash advance program deadline was uh, last September, end of September last year. 
Um, and given the difficulties with marketing that we had at the time, uh, we asked Minister Bebo for an, a stay of default for 2018, uh, which she which she did do. And what that stay of default did was uh, extend the 2018 beyond the September 30th deadline to the end of March. And here we are at the end of March and we still have major problems. And so uh, we went back to the minister and asked for an additional extension of the 2018 state of default to move it from the end of March, uh, and now it's going to be the end of September 2020. So we got an extra six months now for farmers to pay off their 2018 cash advance. Uh, under the circumstances, it's warranted. Uh, we heard from a lot of farmers um, that still have 2018 advances that we're not going to be able to make the deadline, and this simply gives them more time to to uh, to find their way uh, a way of paying it down. Now, for farmers that may be interested in using the stay of default, is there anything that they have to do? They don't have to do anything. Um, they do still continue to enjoy the uh, and take advantage of the, the interest free of 2018 that is included in the extension um, the automatic or, or the rollover provision to move their 2018 into a 2019 is still in play although though the deadlines for both those programs are now going to be uh, the end of September so those are lined up on the same date now so both 2018 and 2019 will come due on September 30th uh, but farmers don't have to do anything. They just need to know that there is not a deadline now of the end of March here that they were worried about. Um, that deadline has now been moved to September 30th, um, and so they have more options now to uh, pay it now if they want or can, uh, pay it as they sell their grain as they as they would have, but there's just not that deadline. The end of March, the deadline is now September 30th, and they don't have to do anything about that. What kind of numbers are we actually talking about with this? Well, we are just one administrator of the program, but uh, we are definitely the largest one. And in our instance, uh, there are still about 1,600 farmers with 2018 uh um, balances um, and the, the deadline is looming large here. Um, that that amounts to about 136 million dollars left outstanding. So those 1,600 farmers with that money outstanding will now have an extra six months to uh, to to pay that debt down as they uh, as they as they deliver the grain. That's it for the Prairie Agwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share. Send them to us by email to thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Candace Dirksen, and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. The Prairie Agwire will return Tuesday on the Golden West Farm Network. And now for a look at your farm calendar. The Royal Manitoba Winter Fair, set to take place this week at the Keystone Centre in Brandon, has been cancelled. The Manitoba Sustainable Energy Association Annual Conference, scheduled for April 8th in Morden, has been postponed. And the Keystone Agricultural Producers Advisory Council meeting, planned for April 9th in Portage La Prairie, has been cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon. Manitoba Beef and Forage Initiative's General Manager, Mary Jane Orr, talks about how COVID-19 is impacting their work. 
Well, we're really working to get over the disappointment of all the events that we had to cancel. So we had grazing clubs, um, all our work with Egg in the Classroom and Discover Egg in the City that was supposed to be held in the Forks, um, the Beef 4-H clubs, and a number of rentals uh, that all basically had to be cancelled from the middle of March all the way through till the end of May. Um, we're tentatively uh, planning for some events in June, but we're really going to have to stay in a holding pattern and see what happens with recommendations from the province. And we do also have research projects getting rescheduled um, that are following um, the direction from the universities. So at MBFI, we're going to do everything we can to you know, follow the lead and support researchers as much as we can. Um, we're still incredibly thankful for the flexibility that we have on the farm. So we are able to um, still take care of the farm and our on-farm demonstration and on-farm trials. Um, we're able to accommodate all the social distancing measures with uh, between the two farm stations and our learning center. Our full-time staff can all have their independent workspaces. So go from isolation at home to isolation at work, and we're able to make sure the animals are well cared for. But really just waiting for what's coming next and, and trying to plan, as we, same as everyone else, as we hear what's coming next. The one trial that has come up um, is with Dr. Kim Ominski at the University of Manitoba, and it was scheduled to be starting any time now. Um, it was kind of with the snow melt. It was a study on early um, grazing on early emerging pastures, um, and that's had to be put on hold due to the um, termination of all activities by the University of Manitoba. And so we're working with with Dr. Aminsky to accommodate her project in any way that we can and hopefully we can reschedule activities for the fall um, but that's all going to be up in the air a lot of moving a lot of moving parts to try and accommodate and and figure out how we'll fit it into the next kind of grazing session and make sure that the master student on the project has the data that she needs and she's able to graduate as well so yeah it's incredibly challenging and stressful just the ripple effects are really far-reaching that you don't really think about until you're faced with the decisions in front of you. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time for another look at your farm news for today. Temporary foreign workers play a key role in Manitoba's ag sector. Andrew Dixon is with Manitoba Pork. Our sector has always relied on um, foreign workers and uh, We've been able to make the various programs work, and uh, we're very pleased that the federal government is trying to uh, uh, ensure that we have a, you know, a supply of workers that can uh, come in and uh, do, the, uh, do the work. I mean, we fully appreciate the need for restrictions. Dixon says the biggest issue with COVID-19 is how to manage the workforce. COVID-19 will likely impact donations to many charitable organizations. Jim Cornelius, executive director of Canadian Food Grains Bank, expects the virus will impact donations to the Food Grains Bank as well. Partly because, as all of us see our some of our savings eroding in our RSPs, people losing jobs, uh, becoming more fearful of their own financial situations. It's quite natural for people to hold back, be more careful with what they're spending their monies on, and. And charitable giving is often one of the first things to go. So we are concerned about that. Whether it's going to have an impact on GROW projects, um, we don't know yet. 
Cornelius says the fortunate part of growing projects is that in the early phase, it doesn't take a lot of people to organize them over the phone or by email. And the Manitoba Trucking Association is asking businesses that if they're open during the COVID-19 pandemic to keep the washrooms and other facilities accessible for truckers. Executive Director Terry Shaw says all reports say the most important way to prevent spreading germs and getting sick is to wash your hands with soap and water. And Shaw says for drivers to be denied that, especially when so much pressure is being placed on them to keep Manitoba's essential commodities moving, is grossly unfair. That was your farm news for today. I'm Candace Dirksen. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Candace Dirksen. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email at thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. On behalf of producer Tim Friesen, I'm Candace Dirksen, and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. We'll meet you back here tomorrow at 12 o'clock.